into a dive into optimistic realism. Uh, warning, today's episode contains themes that you might find mildly offensive. I'm warning you now so that you can hit the pause button and stop listening. Today's episode will feature jokes about race and gender slash sex. If that makes you comfortable or uncomfortable in any way, or if you are easily offended, I highly suggest you stop listening and find another podcast. Great. We're all on the same page now. So, I don't know um, how well you all think you know me, but um, I would just like to state for the record that I am not a Caucasian male. My skin color is not pale, pasty white, or any variation of white that would consider me to be a white person. Now, my culture and my behavior is similar to that of white people. I am in the southeast of the United States, and that's kind of like redneck country. That's like where the white people is, you know, most commonly uh, at their roots for the United States, at least. But I am not myself uh, white, so. But I do have plenty of white friends. It's kind of common because a majority of the United States population is white slash Caucasian. So, you know, it's common to have white friends. And... You know, I have I have a lot of different friends. I have Asian friends, Mexican friends, black friends. I know Filipino. Uh, you know, I could just keep going, but I guess that would sound racist. If I just kept going on about all the cool new friends I have. But, um, you know, I just wanted to make it clear because I want to talk about some of my friends and for the safety of you know their identities I'm gonna switch up their names so you won't actually know their real names uh, I have um, one of my more recent friends his name uh, for the sake of, you know, confidentiality, uh, let's call him Jake. My friend uh, Jake uh, wants to be a state trooper. Now, uh, he, Jake uh, comes from, you know, a family of military people, but he is unable to join the military due to a physical disability he's not like disabled really but um as a kid 
he had to have a surgery and replace one of his kidneys. So he is kind of like ineligible to enlist in the military. And it kind of upsets him and I can see why. Because a lot of people think that enlisting in the military is a good idea. Even if, you know, you don't want to, it seems like a good idea. It's patriotic. It's, you know, it gives you something to do for a couple of years. And you learn a lot. And, I mean, I see the benefits of it. Me, personally, uh, I'm not uh, a military kind of person. I don't, uh, I don't work well with a rigid structure. You know, that rigidity, I mean, I guess it works for some people, but for me, it would just, it'd be more annoying than helpful, I suppose, is an easier way to say it. So, my friend Jake, uh, he's, he's kind of handsome in the, you know, classic surfer kind of guy way. You know, if you saw him, you would think, oh, that guy's pretty, pretty good looking. He's got like a five o'clock shadow kind of beard. His hair is, you know, mostly combed and uh, he shaves regularly as opposed to me where I don't shave at all because I have a baby face. Um, You know, he had martial arts lessons when he was younger, so he knows how to defend himself. And he's not buff, but he isn't, um, you know, inactive. He's fit is a better word to say. He's, He's fit and his body You know, it tells you that. On a downside, though, uh, Jake is short. He's not, uh, he's not above six feet. He's actually closer to 5'10", 5'9". And I I pick on him for this because I, I tower over him, but he could still probably kick my butt in just any kind of general, uh, confrontation. He could probably kick my butt with you know, the relative ease of a trained martial artist. And, um, uh, Jake's, uh, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a dumb blonde sometimes. Uh, I remember this one time him and I were in a car and he was driving and we were going to pick up another one of our friends and, um, he gets distracted. He believes that instead of going to pick up our friend, which is the plan, instead of going to pick him up, he wishes to meet him at the location that we're going. So, um, the other friend, whose name I will uh, convert to Noah, uh, we were going to pick up Noah, and instead of you know actually picking him up. Jake just drives to the place that we were going to meet up at. And when we get there, I'm like, so when are we going to go get Noah? And he's like, what? I didn't know we were going to get him. I was like, Jake, that's what we've been talking about for like the past three minutes. And he just like looks at himself and he kind of like rests his head on the steering wheel, kind of like laughing at himself, like at his own misfortune. And I guess 
he is a bit of a dumb blonde, but we acknowledge it, he acknowledges it, and we all just kind of accept that, and it's, it's all good fun. Um, Noah is his own person. Noah is a, uh, I guess the best way to describe Noah would be he is a weeb. He collects model kits and stays at home watching anime or playing online with other friends. You know, I guess he's friendly in the sense that he can make friends online, but um, in real life he has, I guess, a bit of a difficulty. His, his personality comes off as loud and brash and kind of handsy is what I would say. Uh, not handsy in a sexual harassment type of way, it's more of, he's kind of a physical being. He'll hug you if he wants to hug you. He'll place his hand on your lap if he wants to. He'll jokingly punch you in the arm. Uh, if, it, if he ever does punch you too hard, you can let him know and he won't do it as hard. But that's the kind of person that Noah is. And... Noah, for the most part, is a gentle giant. He towers over me at like six, six four. I would say is a safe bet. He's tall. He's not as fit as Alex, but he's not, you know, lanky in any capacity. He's not buff either. He's just, he's just big enough to kind of scare away potential predators. Um, in that sense, so that's Noah, and I will just go through a couple of my other white friends. Noah is also white, by the way, in case that wasn't clear. Um, I have more female friends that are white, so I will go through a couple of those for you right now. Uh, firstly, I would like to talk about, and you know, again, I'm gonna change some names around. Uh, first is, uh, Courtney. Courtney is a self-acclaimed artist. If you count, um, you know, uh, you know, that's actually kind of rude. Um, I guess art is all in the eye of the beholder. She does drawings and paintings, and they might not be my slice of pie but to others they are quite uh, appealing so she does her own art and you know she is pretty good at doing tracings of other people's arts and she you know uh, she's like that so that's what Courtney's like uh, she is a gamer she has as far as I know a Nintendo Switch and a PlayStation 4 uh, but as far as I know, she's more of a Nintendo kind of girl. Uh, Courtney has a lot of the Zelda games. And I casually and almost always mention the wouldn't it be funny if, you know, Zelda was a girl joke. Um, for people that don't understand this joke, Zelda is not the actual character that you play. In the Legend of Zelda games, you play as Link, and Zelda is an actual girl. She's a princess um, that Link 
kind of serves. Anyway, it's a running joke of the Legend of Zelda series. And it never ceases to frustrate Courtney whenever I make this joke. Um, For clarification, uh, Courtney and Jake are a couple. And yeah, that has its own set of, of dynamics that I will get to in a little bit. Um, Courtney and I used to be in a relationship before, um, certain issues arose and we agreed that it would be better if we weren't in a relationship in that capacity. Um, we are still good friends and, um, I am good friends with Jake and I'm good friends with Courtney, and I'm good friends with them as a couple. Another friend of mine, uh, we will call her, um, for this, for this episode, for, we'll call her Alice. Um, Alice is, um, my friend. Uh, she, um, she and I also used to be in a relationship. She is more of a shy, nerdy kind of girl. She focuses on, um, you know, being a good person. She works at a Dollar General. She has, you know, a sibling and a family that aren't very nice to her. But all through it, you know, through it all, she remains a good person. She's the kind of person you can just kind of tell your troubles to and she'll sit there and listen and she won't judge anything or anyone and um you know Alice is just a nice person uh she's not as outgoing as Courtney she's more of an introvert whereas Courtney would be the very definition of an extrovert So, that's just a difference between the two of them. And so, for today, I just want to talk to you about my friends. About a couple of things that I do with my friends. And why I feel so different from all my friends. Because I'm not, um, you know, I'm not white. And it doesn't cause rifts in our friendships but it does cause discussions. Recently, it was uh, Alice's birthday and the group, I, uh, Alice, Courtney, Jake, and um, another one of my friends whose name will be Um, Rachel, um, you know, we all decided to get together and celebrate Alice's birthday, and one of the restaurants that was on the table as a location to, you know, enjoy a meal together was El Tapatio. 
For those of you that don't know, El Tapatio is a Mexican restaurant in the southeast border of the United States. I'm not sure if they exist anywhere else in the United States. If they do, I'm not surprised. It's kind of like, it's not its own restaurant, but I wouldn't call it a chain either. I apologize, I was getting comfortable. So, one of the restaurants that's on the table for lunch, excuse me, is El Tapatio, a Mexican restaurant. I humbly offer a different restaurant and my friends all look over at me because they all want to eat at El Tapatio except myself and I'm kind of like looked at as an outsider like why don't you want to eat at El Tapatio they all say to me I'm just like I do not want to eat at a Mexican restaurant many Mexican restaurants claim to serve authentic food but do not um, to really get authentic Mexican food, you have to eat at a Mexican person's house while, you know, a person in that household who is from Mexico cooks dinner. But, um, another place that they serve good authentic food is in rundown strip malls or at, um, Mexican flea markets. Those are also places that you can find authentic Mexican food. Anyways, I offer up the idea of Buffalo Wild Wings because it's also nearby. Buffalo Wild Wings, in my opinion, has really good burgers, uh, is decently affordable for a small group, and is just generally better than El Tapatio. But I am outvoted, and me not really enjoying fake, authentic Mexican cuisine, I'm sitting there at a table with my friends and watch them basically drool over what they believe is authentic Mexican food. We're seated at a table, and a bowl of chips is brought out along with, you know, the crappy little sauce that they have. And I watch as every single one of my white friends just begins to devour the bowl of chips with salsa. And as the waitress comes and takes her drink orders and our food orders, my friends order a bowl of guacamole that is to be made table side as we are sitting there. Now me, I'm not eating any of the chips, any of the salsa. I am just watching them eat it. And I'm waiting for our food to be brought to the table. Now, Courtney is um, lactose intolerant. That's the word. And she cannot have dairy. But a bowl of cheese is requested to, you know, dip the chips into and Courtney pulls out a bottle of pills 
I believe they're called lactate. And I ask, what's that? And she responds that it's a sort of pill that allows lactose intolerant people to eat low amounts of dairy as long as they take the appropriate amount of lactate pills. And it just clicks in my head as she dips the cheese with a chip. She dips the chip into the cheese and eats it. And it just clicks in my head that American society is so screwed up. Here is my friend with a physical condition that does not allow her body to eat dairy. And obviously, other human beings have this issue that they are unable to break down lactose as, you know, normally as other human beings. And what do scientists do? They create a pill to accelerate the decomposition of lactose in lactose intolerant people's bodies to make it so that it's tolerable for them to eat dairy. My friend Courtney literally disobeyed her body's condition just so that she could eat dairy. If that is not what American consumerism is about, I don't know what it is about. And all my friends are just laughing. You know, they're enjoying the appetizers. And I'm just looking at them like, none of you are going to finish your food because you're going to be so full of chips and crap that you won't finish your food. And I look over at Noah because me and Nora, not Noah, I'm sorry, me and Jake, I look over at me and Jake because Jake and I are the only males. And I just look over at him and I'm like, Jake, are you, you too? And he's like munching on chips. He's like, yeah. Anyway, our food is brought, and I was right. Rachel, Courtney are unable to finish their food. Um, Alice does it, but just barely. Like, you can tell that she was struggling, and she was eating minimal amounts of chip. Jake finishes his food around the same time I do, and I finish my food satisfactorily. I didn't have any complaints, but I didn't have any glowing recommendations. You know, I wasn't going to go online and leave a five-star review. That's just one tale of many that I have with my wife friends. Jake and I have been on many adventures um, by ourselves and, you know, with his girlfriend, Courtney. Uh, Jake, Noah, and I have been on many adventures where we try to enjoy ourselves as males in America with um, probably a more than necessary amount of cash. And it's just, I could go on and on all day about all the different examples on how my friends are so different from me. Like, they just, 
don't see it as common. Like, I I walk into a white friend's house, and you know there there are certain things about that house that make it different from mine. Um, the parents are usually the most surprising for me. Uh, Jake's parents. He has a mom and a stepfather. Um, they're normally very reserved, but very polite. And Jake's mom is always very nice to me, whereas Jake's father has said maybe in total two words to me in the almost year and a half since I've known him. Uh, Noah's parents are kind of similar. Noah has um, a father and a mother. His father is quiet and reserved, whereas his mom is nice and polite. I don't know if that's just all parents or if their dads just don't like me. I don't understand it because both their dads appear to be conservative old white males. And I am a dark skinned young male that is not white and not Caucasian. I've been told many times that I have I appear to look like an Indian, not Native American, Indian from India. And I've been compared to all manners of, you know, disproportionately um, stereotypical Indians. I've been told that I resemble Baljeet from Phineas and Ferb. I've been told that I resemble Abed from Community or Ravi from the Disney show Jesse. I get comments like these about my physical appearance, and I don't judge it. I don't judge the white people who make these comments because I don't really see a reason to pick a fight for no reason. So what? I'm not Indian. My family and I are not Indian. We are not from India. If I appear Indian, it's because of my darkened skin. I would, I would say because of my height and because of the general lankiness of my body. I have long legs, long arms, and a skinny figure. Though not for lack of trying. I eat more than I probably should, and I always eat more junk food than I do healthy food. Here's another thing I noticed about my white friends. They're somehow almost both financially superior and inferior to me. Here's, here's, here's an example. Um, Noah lives in a nice house. Noah's house is always littered with packages from Amazon. I do not know if they belong to his family, if they are selling those packages or if they've just arrived or if it's just a storage container i don't know but he lives in a nice house in a nice neighborhood near the city 
and however Noah himself never appears to be flush with cash I've been inside his room he has model kits he has an assortment of game collections as well as the ability to you know buy the latest games but he never seems flush with cash he never seems apparently wealthy Jake on the other hand is he lives in a moderate home out in the country uh, sort of far out from the city from any kind of city and he is currently as far as I know unemployed yet his parents each have their own vehicle he has his own vehicle although it's not in his name and they're all capable of you know nice living he has his own room he has his own gaming system he has a futon his parents live moderately comfortable enough so that they can they don't have to worry they recently bought a tractor i don't even know how much a tractor costs much less where you would actually buy one and jake himself bought um bought firearms with the stimulus check that passed a while ago and i'm just it was curious to me like because whenever i'm out with jake he offers to pay for things but i know that he only gets money from his parents his parents put money into his bank account for him and that's where he gets his money And it's just so strange to me because I think about myself. I think about my parents. My parents, we live comfortably, but my parents both work. They are working six days out of the week. Although my mom's hours have been cut dramatically due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But, you know, we're not paid a lot. We do have luxuries that some of my friends don't have. We have streaming services. We have Wi-Fi. We have two cars that are not paid off. My parents make sure that our money is spent to keep our all of our family as comfortable and as happy as possible. Here's another thing I noticed. Um, my white friends usually have one sibling, if that. Jake has a couple of step-siblings, but he lives at a, at that house with his parents by himself because they're all older. They're all, you know, 21 and above. They have their own place, that kind of thing. Noah has one sibling. Who lives um, with his parents with him. And I believe he also has an older brother who is 21 and above and moved out. (laughs) Courtney has no siblings. Alice has one sibling. 
Rachel has one sibling who has moved out already. And so on and so forth. And I would look and I could find and look through all my white friends and see that most of them have at most two siblings. And I look at my family and I see that my parents have had a total of four children with me being the oldest. It doesn't upset me, but it does confuse me when my parents complain about money issues. You know, I uh, occasionally get the mail and I do see the bills and I know how much it costs for my parents to uh, keep the lights on, keep us living comfortably through streaming services, uh, internet service, and you know, you know, just generally putting food on the table, putting clothes on our backs, that kind of thing. Keep in mind, this is for four kids. I'm not saying that you know it's impossible. I'm just saying that it's it's difficult on them. But my parents don't put money in my account. My parents um, did not urge me to get a job either. I offered to get a job and to help them out, and they refused. They said if I was going to get a job, that I would save all that money for myself. And so I have. And I've saved up a considerable amount through my almost a year of working now. And I don't know. I just don't know how exactly can so many lives be so different. It's strange to think about sometimes. I just wish that all of my friends and I were able to get along and repay all the debt we owe to our parents. We owe our parents, all of us, even you, you who are listening to this random podcast, you owe your parents, whether you don't think it, or if you do, they um, take care of us, they nurture us, they support us. Now, if you're listening to this and you're an orphan, I'm really sorry. You might never know the love of a parent. Your mom probably abandoned you or, you know, overdosed on heroin and you got put into the foster system or your mom died during childbirth and your dad just committed suicide. But that's most likely if you're white. If you're black and you're in the foster system, your parents just probably couldn't afford you. Sorry to say it. Um, that sounded really mean. Um, I didn't mean to sound that mean. Wow, I'm kind of a jerk. I'm an asshole, really. But you get my point. It's not. It's not unbelievable to think about. To think that people's lives are really dramatically different based on the random luck of the skin color that we're born with. When I was being interviewed for my job, I I was really nervous. Um, there were a lot of black people who were working 
uh, in the pizza place. But the two managers that interviewed me were both white. And the first one was really nice. Her name was... Her name was... Uh, let's see, what's the... What's an appropriately good name for a white woman? Her name was Stacy, and she interviewed me, and she went on and on about how she could feel feelings is kind of the short way she explained it. She said that she could feel feelings and that I was being truthful and honest with her because she could see it. She could read my body language and just feel the emotions that I was feeling and I was just like oh okay even though I was mainly lying my ass off to try and get the job now I wasn't really lying like I was being honest I was telling the truth but there were certain questions like um, leadership type of questions like how did you adapt to a certain situation in a job? And I'm like, this is my first job. How do I answer that? We'll think about a situation in school. And I'm like, okay. And then I made something up and just, she was just like, oh my God, that's so, that's like so inspirational. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, it was great. And I'm guessing that she managed to sweet talk the person above her because when I had my interview with the other manager, um, it went kind of similar. He he wasn't so much so like, oh, I can feel your feelings, but you know, he like he was very short and to the point. He was like, so this would be your first job. I said yes, sir. He'd be like, do you have what it takes? I was like, I sure hope so. And then he was like, okay, follow me. And then he took me to the back of the pizza place and, like, straight up just approved my application right in front of me. He was like, I need you to come back tomorrow. And I was just like, great, I can do that. And I left. And I was like, wow, I'm hired. That was it. And I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's just really cool how I got really lucky it, maybe if I had white skin it would have been a lot easier maybe if I had black skin it would have been a lot harder I don't know like I said there were nothing but black employees that day when I went in and two white managers I'm not entirely sure what I was supposed to make of it and I'm not sure what I'm supposed to make of my life right now my friends are kind of a solid rock in my life. I know that I can trust most of them with my life. I know that I trust most of them already. And that none of them have taken advantage of my trust. Even though some of them do take advantage of my generosity. I am a naturally generous person. And I tend to offer to pay for things. Even when I don't necessarily have to. Or necessarily want to I just think it's a good practice if you offer to pay for things most of the time people accept and you pay for things 
but then they feel the need to owe you. It's called reciprocity. You do something good for someone else, they feel the need to do something good for you. And so, by me declining every single offer of someone asking to do something for me, I am gaining more and more positive um what's the word i'm getting a positive reinforcement i would suppose is an easy way to say it they see me in a positive light as generous and kind my friends do they see me as generous kind and stable and kind of like um what's the word for generous, kind, stable, and reliable. There it is. If they see me as reliable, then they themselves will try to make uh, them appear. They'll try to make themselves appear as reliable to me. And that's really useful for me because if I ever need a favor, I know that I can count on my friends. A lot of my family members wouldn't do that for me. A lot of my family's family members feel like I owe them just because I was born, just because I exist. And that's not really fair. I think I've kept up enough of your time for today, so I just wanted to say thank you for listening. I'm sorry if I offended anyone with my really inappropriate language, with my vulgar descriptions of white people and friends if you're listening to this which i know you're probably not even though i've mentioned to you that i do have a podcast uh, i know you're probably not listening to this but if you do happen to listen i hope you enjoy your made-up name and i hope you uh don't beat me up for any descriptions i made of you thank you everyone for listening to another episode of a dive into optimistic realism so far i've been spacing out episodes every eight days i think i might go down to seven or if i feel so inclined every five days or maybe i would just do a weekly upload on a specific day at this point every eight days feels comfortable for me so it would depend on if i feel comfortable on another day Thank you so much for listening. Please come back.